0: Amen. More. Praise God for that wonderful song. We can uh, have the invitation now. And uh, let's wrap up the service. Uh, Just when I need him, he gives me what I really need, isn't it? And uh, as God's people, we have the joy of the Lord as our strength, isn't it? And uh, I need that strength this afternoon, and uh, all of us. And thank you so much, Pastor Abel, for just inspiring our uh, young people and everybody here in the church to render a special music. You know, when we got saved, uh, God put a new song in our heart, isn't it? In our lives, and uh, it's a message and uh, a song that can glorify God's, uh, uh, God's holy name. And that's uh, supposed to be our heart's desire every time we uh, serve the Lord, isn't it? It's for His glory because we love Him, and it's a privilege to uh, sing about him, to serve him. And uh, once again, I thank God for this wonderful opportunity to share God's word. Uh, I thank God for Pastor Abel for delivering a wonderful message this morning, isn't it? Makes you appreciate what you have in Jesus, your position in Christ, that you are forgiven, you have eternal life, you have salvation, amen? Uh, From the past, present, and even the future, we are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, by his precious blood. So, um... We will uh, have a, hopefully, Lord willing, a short study of God's Word in our series in the book of Nehemiah. Then we will go to our uh, Lord's Table service today. Uh, as we uh, continue on, uh, let me ask you to look at your seatmates and tell them this. Oh, you don't have any seatmates. Later on, you'll have one <laughs> near, near you. So say this, I love you in the love of the Lord. There you go. And smile with your eyes. Really mean it. Okay, I know some of you are wearing masks. The next one, I'm glad I don't look like you. (laughs) All right. Well, God is a God of diversity, isn't it? And variety. And it will be a boring world if we all look the same, isn't it? The same height, same color skin, the same facial features. But you know what? If you're a believer, you're a Christian, we are all one in Jesus. That's one thing we, are, we have in common, isn't it? We are all saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, wow. Thank God for uh, Brother Christian, now a man of many talents. He just taught us Sunday school. Now he's also leading the singing. And next he'll be preaching here too, isn't it? Maybe in one of our uh, last utterances of Christ, Lord's uh, last saying, you know, for our uh, Good Friday. But... Um, Thank God for your uh, presence here this afternoon. I know you are here. For those that are here since this morning, uh, you know uh, it's only uh, by the grace of God. Amen. you like to honor the Lord and you want to hear from him and you just want to bless his name and also remember what he has done for us on the cross. So um, on that note, let's have a word of prayer first before we uh, go to the message. Let's pray. Father God in heaven. I thank you so much, Lord, for your wonderful, precious people that are here, your children who are just by your grace trying to be obedient to your word. Thank you, Lord, that they are uh, given the wisdom of God to prioritize you today, that they have this eternal perspective that knowing what they are doing right now is never in vain, It's never a waste of time, It's never a loss, but it's a gain for a child of God to continue to commune, in the presence of God. And we humble ourselves, Lord, before you. We know, Lord, we are frail, we are weak, we are sinful, we are wicked. We ask for your cleansing once again, for your forgiveness, for any stain of sin you've seen, you can see in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds, in our actions, we ask for the precious blood of Jesus to cover them, wash them away, and throw it into your sea of forgetfulness, And thank you, Lord, for your mercy that endureth forever, for your grace that's sufficient, for your love that is, Lord, incomprehensible. Most of all, Lord, thank you for being a righteous and a holy and a just God. That's why, Lord, we'd like to come to you with a clean heart today, because we know if we regard iniquity in our hearts, Lord, you will never hear us. Our worship will never ascend up into heaven. It will not be able to penetrate your throne of grace. So, Lord, we ask once again for that uh, to be imparted to us, your forgiveness. And we pray that you keep us safe in this place. Help me, Lord, as I expound your word. May I inspire your people through the scriptures to have uh, a wonderful vision of what you want us to do in our life, in our family, in our uh, workplace, in our school. And may you help us, Lord, to have uh, uh, even an impact and uh, an influence to where you you brought us, Lord, to be your witnesses, and we pray, Lord, that you um, bless the rest of this service this afternoon, and we praise you for what you've done this morning and what you're going to still do today, and we just want to lift the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen and amen. Let me ask uh, you guys, how many of you uh, love to have a perfect vision? There you go, all of us, isn't it? Like a 20-20 vision. As most of you are aware of my testimony, I have this uh, tragic eye accident. So I only have half of my vision right now or my eyesight. But praise be to God, it's still my left eye that's working because it's very useful in driving, isn't it? Because we drive in the left side of the road. And uh, it's only by grace, the grace of God and His protection that He keeps us safe every day. And uh, most of us would go to our regular checkup in our ophthalmologist or optometrist uh, to get check of uh, our uh, eyesight, Uh, if it is still the same or it got worse. And thank God for um, knowledgeable uh, doctors that can prescribe us. uh, As I have three girls and they want to look good, Uh, now the glasses are kind of obsolete, so you have to spend more and do contact lenses and stuff like that. But whatever helps. You know, and uh, as we know, all our, the young people right now are exposed early with uh, radiation, with the screen time, isn't it? Even young ones, so uh, it seems like uh, they get their glasses and uh, corrective lenses as early as could be. But for us who eats a lot of calabasa and yellow foods in the Philippines and Marius, I think we just got them uh, latter end of our lives. Amen? So thanks be to God. So we all need visions to see. Good eyesight to see, and that's what Nehemiah, chapter two, verse seventeen says as our main text. But before we read that, I uh, just want to give you some um, things that you can smile about, some um, humor here. And aren't you glad you have the Bible with you, uh, the Word of God, the tangible Word of God, uh, not just uh, in our, in the palms of our hands, in our digital with digital copies in our smartphones or electronic device, but most of all. The Bible says we need to hide them in our hearts. Amen? And let our minds be saturated with it. And uh, there was a Christian father who was approached by a small son who told him proudly, I know what the Bible means. And his father smiled and replied, What do you mean you know what the Bible means? The son replied, I do know. What, said the father, what does the Bible mean? That's easy, Daddy, the young boy replied excitedly. It stands for Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. B-I-B-L-E, amen? Or Believer's Instruction Before Leaving Earth. And Aren't you glad we're not going to stay here in this world forever, amen? We're just passing through. We're just sojourners. It's a temporary, you know, uh, place for us until we our beam to glory, amen, until we get to heaven. As the song our choir had sung, one day we'll be in heaven. And what an exciting day that will be. Thank God we have the Bible to guide us to what we need to hope for, what we need to do, what we need to look forward to. And as I said last Friday, our Bible is very applicable, amen? It's relative in our day and age. It's never obsolete, amen? Because for the past, it teaches us about history. For the, for, the, uh, for the future, it tells us about prophecy. Amen? And also, it's right for us for doctrine, teaching. So the Bible is never obsolete. It's always relative. Amen? It's always applicable to what uh, we're facing in right now. So thank God for the Bible. And next is, um, there was a very gracious Christian lady who was mailing an old family Bible to her brother in another part of the country, and uh, the postal clerk asks, "Is there anything breakable in here?" So she asks, "Only the Ten Commandments." The lady asks, "And who's the person who broke all the commandments at the same time at the same place?" Oh, he literally broke the commandments, isn't it? The two tables of stone. He's such a sinner, no? <laughs> but this just humor. <laughs> Somebody has said there are only two kinds of people in the world. There are those who wake up in the morning and say, Good morning, Lord! And those who wake up in the morning and say, Good Lord, it's already morning. (laughs) Are you one of those sometimes? Sometimes one of the best ways to sleep up from this borrowed life to eternity is to die in your sleep, isn't it? Peaceful ka masyadong maraming Chinese, no? Or na ka, Or you uh, had a prayer time, overnight prayer meeting, amen? You prayed in the morning, and then you say amen, you're already in heaven. You know? Wow. But uh, we always st- still say good morning, Lord, amen? amen? Thank you for another day of life. Thank you I could uh, be used uh, by the O oh Lord. I can be a blessing to others. And there's another story. There's a minister who parked his car in a no-parking zone in a large city because he was short of time and couldn't find a space with a mirror. Then he puts a note under the windshield wiper that read, I have circled the block ten times. If I don't park here, I'll miss my appointment. Forgive us our trespasses. He quoted a scripture. Huh? It's a good minister, isn't it? Biblically based. When he returned, though, he found... A citation from a police officer along with this note, I've circled this block for 10 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. And he quote, lead us not into the temptation. <laughs> the police officer also knows Bible, all right? And there is another story of a pastor who got up one Sunday and announced to his congregation, I have good news and bad news. I think I did this before. I have good news and bad news. The good news is we have enough money to pay for our new building program. Amen? We have money to sustain, to pay for our Nehemiah project, for this church, for the future. Isn't it? But what is the bad news? The bad news is it's still out there in your pockets. <laughs> you just need to give it in. Amen? <laughs> So uh, let's trust the Lord in all things, all right? And uh, last but not the least, you know, a Sunday school teacher began her lesson with the question, boys and girls, I love Sunday school teachers, what do we know about God? A hand shot up in the air, and somebody says, God is an artist. Uh, that's what's said by a kindergarten boy. Really? How do you know? The teacher asks, you know? In the Lord's prayer, it says, "There our Father, who does art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name." Okay. Oh, maybe this is last. Right. Some saying, people want the front of the bus, the back of the church, and the center of attention. But those in the back of the church, I know you still want God tonight. All right, so that's why you're still here. So, let's go to our lesson. Why well, still have the voice? All right. Nehemiah 2.17, um, just stay in your seat and uh, let me read it and follow me silently. I like to talk about the word vision, because here we can see the vision of Nehemiah. As we've been studying, isn't it, uh, Nehemiah from chapters 1 and 2 heard about the sad news of the destruction of Jerusalem, the gates burned, the wall torn down, and he asked the king who before uh, decreed uh, and stopped the rebuilding of those things, and he changed his mind, and only God was able to do that, you know, in behalf of Nehemiah to the king, and he was sent to, uh, back to Jerusalem to do this awesome project that's supposed to take mul- multi-million years, but he prayed for the Lord for 120 days, and he was able to complete the project in 52 days. So there's a lot of things that can be done when you pray first, amen, Then when you don't ever pray and ask God for guidance. So uh, the king sent him, you know, uh, letters to give him, uh, protection and he sent him armed guard to, uh, help him along the way and also his provisions, materials for the said, uh, wall project. And then he went to Jerusalem and he still, uh, prayed unto the Lord for three days. He, uh, uh, scouted the broken place and asked the Lord for his wisdom and for his guidance. And he had this vision in Nehemiah 2, verse 17, when it says, Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And notice this phrase, Come and let us, what is it, folks? Build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Let's build the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a uh, reproach. As uh, I said before, uh, building a wall is biblical. Amen. <laughs> a wall serves as a uh, protection, isn't it? A wall serves as a a um, uh, 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 boundaries. It speaks of your sovereignty. It speaks of um, you know. Uh, S- sustenance to those people who were inside of it, you know? And uh, one of the most number one distinguishing mark of a leader is a leader has a vision. And I thank God for Pastor Max when um, he started this ministry uh, 34 years ago, way back in a small Bible study group in a small place, 1988, that he had a vision by God's grace as the ministry continued on to be able to Uh, support these many missionaries that we have, amen? Be able to uh, ponder and uh, purchase a land and also a building after renting different places. And it's just like the Lord giving him wisdom step by step to move forward and uh, building, building unto the Lord, isn't it? For uh, his kingdom and for the next generation of this church. You know, vision is what causes leaders to rise up to the top of the bucket like cream. It is what separates leaders from followers and separates mediocre leaders from great ones. Leaders understand the value of vision, as we can see in verse 17 of Nehemiah chapter 2. You know, Nehemiah said, like to paraphrase this, you guys see broken walls and charred gates, but I see new ones surrounding as a sparkling city filled with much happier people. How did he see that? With his mind's eye. With a vision. The Bible says, isn't it, that we walk by faith and not by sight. This means that we have a vision, not of the things, not of the way things are, but of the way they ought to be. Not just the things the way are, but the things they ought to be in the future by the grace of God. That's why the Bible says in Romans 4.17, Romans 4.17, on the last uh, part of that verse, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So even God has a vision, isn't it? He calleth those things which be not as though they were. And we heard a tremendous message this morning. Thank God for the vision of the Lord for our salvation. Amen? All the way in the first book of the Bible, Uh, I believe uh, our salvation is so great because our Heavenly Father planned it. Because of his omniscience, he knows all things. In his foreknowledge, he knows that man will fall into sin. Man will disobey him. Man will rebel against him. But he already provided a way of redemption, provided a way of salvation. You know, he doesn't have to, you know, that song says, they search in heaven to look for a Savior. But I believe with all my heart they don't have to search heaven for a Savior. Because there's nobody qualified to pay for the penalty of our sin rather than the only begotten Son of God, whose name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Angels cannot pay for our sins. Animals can only cover our sins temporarily. Men cannot pay for our sins because we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And if I could pay for my sin, I can only pay for my sin. I cannot pay for the sin of the whole world. Aren't you glad Jesus is the God-man? Amen? Amen. He is infinite as God and He's infinite as a man. He can pay the price of infinite sin because it's God who was incarnated in the flesh. I thank God that my salvation comes from a vision from God the Father. He planned it all. And Jesus Christ volunteered Himself. Amen? Amen? To go to that cross. Then the Holy Spirit, you know, convicts men of their sin and their need of a Savior and saves them and seals them until the day of redemption. It's so great because the devil did all he can you know, to stop the cross, to stop our salvation. And he thought he was winning when they were putting Christ on those nails on the beam of the cross. He thought he was winning when finally he said, Into thy hands I commend my spirit and he died and all the demons of hell and the devil himself, all the minions, the principalities of, of the air are just happy. At last, we killed the Messiah. That's what we've been trying to do since we tempt Adam and Eve. That's what we've been trying to do to, to take away uh, those, those kids in, 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 in Pharaoh's time to annihilate them. Even in Bethlehem, he's, he's been trying to kill the Messiah, that lineage, and stain it even with sinful men. But God is sovereign. Amen? The Lord has a plan. He's always two or three steps ahead of our enemy. Aren't you glad? Because God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's sovereign. Until Christ was born and he died. And after he died, amen, after three days he rose again. You see, the Lord had a vision. That's why our salvation is so great, isn't it? God revealed it. God uh, reassured us of it. And his riches all over, Amen. Even though the devil fought it, he lost that battle and that war. Amen? And the best thing is, you've got it and I've got it today. Amen? So great salvation, even though we are so undeserving. You know, this vision of Nehemiah was given to him by the Lord. And now he's walking by faith and not by sight. And when it speaks to vision, look around you and see how things are. Right? Now, close your eyes. And see what it's supposed to look like in here. Then leave this place and do the same exercise wherever you go. So if you have a vision, if you, have, you can see in your mind's eye, you will say, ah, this is what my workplace is supposed to be like tomorrow, Ma- Monday. Amen? Maybe might be a blue Monday for you. You may be dragging your feet to work. But by God's grace, if you have a vision to bless others and bless God and just be faithful, in what you do, then you'll have that mindset. This is what my home is supposed to feel like. This is my off hours are supposed to be spent. If you have a vision from the Lord, you will say, ah, now I see it. Now I see it. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 29:18, where there is no, what's the word? Vision, the people perish. We often use this verse when we go to soul-winning conferences, isn't it? Evangelism. And uh, we say if we don't get a vision for the lost, they will perish. That is a good application, but it's not the primary interpretation of that verse. It's really about us getting a vision or we will perish. Or we will perish. So I have to dive into the message right now. Three things about vision. We'll first look at the definition of vision the drive of vision and also the diversity of vision all right first is the definition of vision from the hebrew word i don't know if i pronounce this right chazon chazon all right which has three meanings all right first is open revelation second is dream and third is a mental picture all from the same hebrew word chazon Alright? First is open revelation. People perish if there is no open revelation from God. Aren't you glad this morning or this afternoon that you have the full open revelation of God even open in your lap, in the palm of your hands? Isn't it? The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All is scripture. First Peter 1.18, I believe the Bible says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Bible came to us by the revelation of God, and inspired 40 authors to write about it in a span of 1,200 to 1,500 years. No contradiction. All have the same theme and message that there is a Savior that will save man from his sins. Amen? And you can see Jesus Christ in every book of the Bible. Amen? You can see the redemption's plan in every book of the Bible. You can see His story, history in the Bible. It's all about Jesus. That's why we love John 3.16. Amen? It's like the heart of the Bible, which summarized everything from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that we are all sinners, then our sins must be paid for, and Christ took that punishment for us so we can be saved. So great salvation. So great love that it's given to us. Psalms 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. First definition of the Hebrew word jazon is open revelation. It matters not if it is open to the book of Revelation or one of the 65 previous books. It's all the open revelation of who God is and what is his purpose and plan for your life and in this world. And I'm, I'm glad we have the complete word of God. Amen? Amen. There is no more extra revelation today. Amen? There's no extra teachings of the Bible. There's no added because it's complete. 66 books, 39 from the Old Testament, 27 from the New Testament. There's no lost books or lost tribes. Amen. There's no additional. There's no extra writing from other founders. Everything we need to know about the Lord, about our life is already within our grasp. Amen. All we need to do is read it. Amen. Meditate upon it. Study it, share it, and live it out. Amen? Live it out. Because the Word of God will do its work. Second thing, the word chazon or vision is also known as dream. Not like a dream you have in your sleep after you eat eight slices of pizza, you know? Or uh, bottomless in a buffet, you know? Then you have all this dream. But aspiration aspiration. It's like you have a dream home. It's what you would have if money were no object. Isn't it? Oh, I love that. To that corner. I love that kid. You know, you have a dream. You know, you have an aspiration. It's like a young man also talks about his dream girl. She's the one he would pick if, well, you know, he did not look like that. <laughs> Sad to say. All right. So, um, if people don't find something to live for that's bigger than themselves or what we call aspirations, they are going to perish. Same thing if we don't have the Bible, isn't it? To guide us to everlasting life, to make our lives you know, profitable, then we will perish. Same thing if we don't have aspiration, we will perish. Then third, mental picture. The ability to see in your mind's eye the way things ought to be. Not where am I at now, but where do I want and need to be. So if you merge these three together and you need God to give you revelations, to reveal to you what aspirations and dreams you should have, and give you the eyes or vision to see it, to show you how to make it in reality. So what what we can say is the perfect picture. The definition of vision here, the perfect picture. So if we don't have vision, we will perish. So, what does perish mean? It does not mean to die or perish in hell in this verse of scripture. That's a different Hebrew word. This is the Hebrew word, parang tagalog para. <laughs> para sa jeepney. you know? Para or para, which also has three meanings. If the word chazan in Hebrew has three meanings, also the word para in Hebrew has three meanings. First, to become naked second zero or barren or to go backwards to go backwards so putting proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision the people perish if we put that together all together now we see that if you don't have if you have no mental picture you will go backwards and amount to nothing so it tells us we must set some goals some visions some dreams and so god raises up leaders with vision Show me a church that is going backward, and I'll show you leaders with no vision. Hope the Lord will spare us from that. It all starts between the ears. Amen. What's between our ears, kids? He rocks though. <laughs> More than that, beyond that. All right. It's our brain. Amen. <laughs> it's our brain. That's so funny. Um, it all starts between the ears. We need, as Christians, spiritually speaking, the mind of Christ. Amen. That will give us the perfect picture. That's why we have that verse of Scripture in Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful verse about the mind of Christ, His humility, amen? His love, His his sacrifice for us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Another verse, Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed, to this world, but be ye—what's the word, folks? Transform by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know um, that's our problem nowadays. A lot of Christians are conforming to the world; they are being molded too. It's like the culture affects their lifestyle, isn't it? When scripture and its absolutes and principles have to be beyond, above than the culture. Isn't it? Because the word of God is standard forever. Amen? Civilizations or cultures or traditions, they come and go. And if they are not based, if they're not related to the word of God, then we ought to obey God rather than men. Amen? It's true. And there's blessings in obedience and God will give you the strength to do that. But, not to be conformed but he gives us a positive thing to do but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good what transforms our mind what renews our mind it's the word of god amen it's not just food for our soul but it's you know music to our ears it's the bread of life amen it's honey to our taste it's everything that we need it's a complete diet it's milk for the babies It's meat for the adults. Amen? It's fruits for those who are, uh, it's vegetable too. I tell you, it's a complete diet. Everything we need to know to grow. Amen? To grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. It's the Bible. It's the written word of God. So, let's look. It says here, in our uh, other slide there, that right behavior is preceded by right thinking. Amen? That's why you have to renew your mind. Huh? Children, transform your mind. Feed your minds with things that are of value. The Bible says, whatsoever things that are honest, are true, are good report, think on these things. Because a lot of things start with our thinking. And it affects our behavior. The way you think is the way you'll behave. So right thinking is preceded by, right right behavior is preceded by right thinking. And we have, We've been given by god a brain to use it and the opposite is just true wrong behavior doesn't just happen it is always preceded by wrong thinking isn't it so it's important what we put in our minds so this principle not only applies to behavior but also to achievement it all starts in the mind with a mental picture of where we need to be not our own brain's desire but with the mind of christ the vision of god we are not just going to stumble into success. Luck has nothing to do with it. Amen? You don't believe in that as Christians. Luck. Or kasara okay, sara-sara. O oh, bahala na. Baka it will fall into its place. You know? But somebody says, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Especially if you have the wisdom from above. Amen? If you have the mind of Christ, what you can conceive and believe it can be achieved. So I'm not just talking about a bunch of positive thinking, mambo-jumbo, you know? I'm not writing a self-help book or trying to be one of these new age preachers. This is what the Bible says because it says in Proverbs 23:7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So right thinking will produce right behavior. Amen? Let's be like Nehemiah. Let's get a clear mental picture of what God wants for you your family, your church, your life. Aren't you glad God wants for you what's best? God wants for you to be prosperous, to have good success, isn't it? The Bible says we even uh, studied there's no weapon form against you. The Bible says, but God wants you to be prosperous, to have good success because that's God's heart's desire for all His children. But it's up to us to follow His will, to follow His guidance through the Word of God. I know you want to have good and clear and wonderful vision for yourself, for your family, for your church. I love our family art, what Pastor Abel put in there. Because he says they're a family that prays together and serve together, will serve God together, and will be happy together. Something like that, isn't it? Yes. It starts with having a vision for your family as a whole. Praying together. Serving together, getting to know God together. Would that be great for every family that we have here in the church? That we not be divided. Somewhere, someone go there, someone go here. That's why it's very important, you know, before we get married, amen, to marry in the Lord, amen? And then our children will, uh, will raise them in the nurture and the knowledge of the Lord. You know, there's uh, this guy, his name is Victor Frankel. Or Frankel. He was a Holocaust survivor who used to travel and speak about how he survived the concentration camps. And you've seen some doc, uh, documentaries, some stories, how awful it was. One of the most darkest uh, events of history uh, for the Jews, isn't it? We know they are the most persecuted group of people, the most, you know, um, uh, maligned people in all the world. But of course, one of those dark times is the Holocaust. And he says, when he was a survivor, he used to travel and speak about his survived on those concentration camps. He would say, "When he speaks, you are the reason I am alive." And his audience are baffled because they have never seen him before. But he said, "I have seen you a thousand times," he would say. He then went on to explain that he would dream of the day when he would stand before crowds and tell them how he survived. Day after day, he would watch comrades. Lose their hope and the next day they would die. Truly, there is no vision. The people can perish. But he had a vision, I can survive this. I've hold on to my faith because I want to testify later on in life, you know, about the atrocity of this kind of dictatorship. Caution: Don't be discouraged if not everyone sees or understands your dream or aspiration. Yes, leaders need to try to share their vision, but some will not be able to see beyond here and now. Some are in such a survival mode that they can't even listen to what you are saying. There's a slide here of uh, this Victor Ragal, and there's, of course you are aware. What's that? Huh? It's Peanuts cartoon, isn't it? Oh, I love peanuts. And there's, uh, how many of you enjoy the peanuts that comes from Boston? <laughs> you know? I can know who can eat the whole thing in one one sitting, you know? So good, you know? But in this peanuts carton, we can see here Charlie Brown. And he says to Lucy, Look at my hands. Think of the potential in these hands, you know? Someday these hands may heal the sick. Someday these hands may build mighty bridges. Someday these hands may change the destiny of mankind. Lucy just responded, Charlie, your hands, they have jelly on them. She's just in a survival mode. (laughs) He's just not really looking at his vision and what he's saying. You know what God has put in your heart and in your mind? Don't let anyone steal that from you. Amen? We have a blessed hope. Amen? We have the gospel that is powerful. We have something to share to others because we receive it ourselves in the first place. We can share something. So we see the definition of vision. A perfect picture secondly there's the drive of vision what is the drive of vision it provides passion it provides passion you know it is they said the drive of vision it is the vehicle that will take you places it is the key that opened the doors of opportunity remember thomas alva edison the inventor of the uh, oh there you go light bulb he failed hundreds of times better keep on doing it so he said this show me a man who is perfectly satisfied, and I'll show you a failure. Let me show you some people who had no vision. One is Charles H. Duell. He's the commissioner of the U.S. Patent Office in 1899, and he said this, everything that can be invented has been invented. He had no vision, he didn't know, isn't it? That's perfectly said, and it's disputed, and it's disputed to be wrong. Because we have so much Nobel Prizes winner and Jews who are brilliant, who invented a lot of things that we are benefiting, even right now, isn't it? You, you watch that show Shark Tank, isn't it? Some inventors, some ideas that they would like to get some funding. So, yeah, he just didn't have any vision. How about this? President Grover Cleveland in 1905, you know, he said this, sensible, responsible women do not want to vote. Can you imagine saying that today? (laughs) You'll be criticized, you'll be in fire among the women's group, the feminist group, and everybody else, isn't it? You know? One man said something like that to his wife. And she said, How could you like it if you did not see me for a few days? He said, I like that just fine. And this man later reported, The first day I did not see her, second day and third day, then on the fourth day I could see her just a little when the swelling in my left eye went down. (laughs) Na right hook siya, no? Sa left. Na right hook sa left. Kaya pala hindi niya makita. Alright? So if you say that to somebody na, uh, women are not responsible enough and sensible enough to vote, no? It's a different age right now, and thank God. You know, whenever there is Christianity, women are elevated. You see that? If you go to a Mm. Muslim world, isn't it? The women are like the base, Second, third class citizen, they don't have a lot of rights. But whenever Christianity is propagated, whenever the gospel is preached, it tre- treats all men equally in the eyes of God. Amen? Yeah, that's the beauty of Christianity. The love of God is overwhelming. Another one. There is no likelihood that men will ever top the power of the atom. This is the Nobel Prize winning physicist Robert Milligan in 1923. He's right up at Al Gore's league, <laughs> so to speak. But was he right? No. He has no vision of further development because right now, we've never even topped ju- not just the atom, isn't it? But other things that can, you know, give power and energy to a whole city because we have now nuclear power plants. Amen. So we did not just harness the power of the atom, but much more. How about Lord Kelvin in 1855? Flying machines, these are brilliant people all these times, respected. Flying machines heavier than air are an impossibility. (laughs) But right now, we can fly, you know, a Boeing 747 with what? Hundreds of passengers for a span of 20 hours. Full cargo, you know? to go to another continent, and even rockets in outer space, isn't it? And satellite. When he said flying machines heavier than air are an impossibility. In contrast, though, here's this person that we all love, especially Robin, you know, Walt Disney. (laughs) And our kids, you know, Walt Disney has a vision, though. He was alive, and he had the vision of the Disney world. But he died before it became reality. At the grand opening, his surviving wife was an honored guest on the platform. The MC said to her, I just wish Walt could have seen it. She just replied in two words, He did. Because it's in, ma- in his mind's eye. His dream, his aspiration, his vision for the most happiest place on earth already became a reality. You know, it's the number one place, I think, in the whole wide world where you want to be as a kid, isn't it? To go to Walt Disney World, he was the first man to ever to see Disney World before anyone lifted the first finger. Vision is the driving force that will take us where we need to be, not where my life is, but where God wants my life. So, what is your vision for your family? Joshua said, "Isn't it in Joshua twenty four fifteen? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." May That be your vision, that you want to encourage all of your family members to serve God, to live for God? What is your vision for your marriage? That your love toward one another will get stronger and stronger and closer as you love God more and more with each other, isn't it? That your commitment will sustain your love, you know? And if there are times that are dark and dreary and romance is not in the air, but because you are committed together to the Lord, And you know the scripture husband love your wives wives submit to your husband in his loving leadership you will keep the marriage working you will stay together like this couple here amen Amen. more than 50 years by the grace of god because you had a vision from god oh this is what god has given me this is what i'm committed to by his grace i'll keep at it it's only by his grace what about our church we have a vision you know Uh, this coming spring we'd like to have an outreach ministry to those Bible study groups locations so we can share the gospel to your local community isn't it? and have a place Uh, what's our vision here? we keep on having all these conferences because we want people to continue to learn and be inspired of the word of God so they in turn will go out there wherever God leads them and share the gospel and be a good testimony in these end times we're living in isn't it? what are our vision with your business with, with, with this nation that we have We need to raise our kids in in the fear of God because they are the only hope of this country. So this can apply to a lot of things, but vision is the key that starts it and the spark that ignites it and the gears that get things rolling. Vision is the vehicle which will drive you to your dreams. So what is vision? A perfect picture. Why is it important? What's the drive? Because it provides passion. Lastly, the diversity of vision. First, some have no vision. (laughs) Sad to say. They are negative, pessimistic folks who tell you why it can't be done or shouldn't be done. Hmm? It shouldn't be done. They often think of themselves as realistic, but God wants to take us far beyond reality and the natural to the supernatural. Why? Because the Bible says, for with God, all things are possible. You know what? If we can do it in our own strength, in our own power, in our own resources, then God will never be glorified. Isn't it? But if we do it beyond what we can do, that only He can do, then we will say, oh, it's all of God's. Then He is glorified. He is praised. You know why? Because He specializes in impossible things. Because He needs to get the glory. With God, all things are possible. You know, true story. When the steamboat was invented, it was set up for a first trial. You know where? Close to us in Hudson River. You know? And there's a guy... According to history, there's a man who says on the banks, he stood there saying, he's pessimistic, pessimistic. he has no vision. He was saying, they'll never get it going. He repeatedly said that and shouted, they'll never get it going. That will not work. They'll, they'll never get it going. Over and over again, he repeated this until that steamboat for the first time, first voyage, first one invented, started moving. At which time, he promptly changed his tune to, they'll never get it stopped. They'll never get it stopped. They'll never get it stopped. And there's still steamboats going on right now. And it was the basic foundation of other ships and other things that, you know, travel in the waters right now, isn't it? Because of that vision. How about Helen Keller? You know her, isn't it? He said, she said this, Worse than being blind would be to see, yet have no vision. Hmm. Who's that famous writer? Fanny Crosby. She lost her vision. But most of her songs has songs about vision. And when asked, if you have a prayer that you would like to be answered, would you like to have your sight be given back to you in this lifetime? No, she said. Surprisingly, she said, I want to see again when I get to heaven. Because the first face I would like to see is the face of my Savior. If I ever open My physical eyes, I just want to see my Savior first. But it seems like Fanny Crosby and Helen Keller even see more than people with actual eyesight, isn't it? Because they have a vision from God. Some have no vision. Some have lost their vision. They once had it, but they let it go. Maybe they were hurt, discouraged, or grew too comfortable. And we hear stories here from missionaries, evangelists, missionaries, Pastors and leaders have lost their vision. They said things like, you can't get people in our area to go to church. You can't get people to come to Wednesday services huh? or Bible studies or special revival meetings. You can't get people to give to missions anymore. They've lost their vision. Aren't you glad here in our church we see a lot people who have open vision? We can still support 100 missionaries. What about inflation? How about me? I lost my job. How about me? It seems like nothing will... It will not suffice my need for the month, but I just want to trust the Lord. And you say to God, Lord, I'll honor you first. I'll give it to you first. I love what you love. I love souls. So it's not really a sacrifice, but it's a privilege. So I'll give it unto the Lord, and I know you'll provide my needs. And did God ever fail us? Never, isn't it? You might not see the reward here on earth, but I tell you, if you give it with a pure heart, with a heart that loves God, your motivation is you want the gospel to be proclaimed, God takes note of that, and God will reward you eventually in eternity. Amen? And the best kind of reward. Rather than spending it to yourself. Isn't it? In vain things. Rather than the work of God. Wala na. lang yan. You know? mo maglalaho lang. But what you give to God, you know, to His work, to His kingdom, He take Tab of that it takes note and you're setting your affection on things above that no 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 thieves will ever break through or steal nor doth nor rust can corrupt because it has eternal dividends amen they've lost their vision those people who think this way you know there's a, a sad story of this there's a serviceman in a foreign country who took a local bride and lived abroad together for years. All the while, he told her about his home church back in the States and how grand it was. He bragged and bragged until years later when they made a trip to the States. He was excited to show her his home church. They pulled up to a parking lot of weeds and potholes though. All the exterior of the church were broken down and the door was ajar. They entered to a looted mess. The place was stripped and peeled off of all value and cobwebs were everywhere. He approached the altar at the front, then he saw it still there on the wall, behind the pastor's podium for all to see, a wood carving placed there years ago by one of the deacons. He had fashioned himself this verse of Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, except the W of the first word had fallen off. It now reads, Here there is no vision, the people perish all right deacons take note don't give me a gift with those words (laughs) put out there all right no i'm just kidding it makes sense no it said the w was left there was no vision there's no more aims or goal no more moving forward and the church just died it just became a fossil you know maybe they stopped evangelizing maybe they stopped giving unto the lord Maybe they stopped trusting the Lord. You know? But it was a sad scenario. You see, only one thing is worse than having less, and that is settling for less as the norm. Apathy is a killer. Amen? And they say ignorance is bliss. What's the difference between ignorance and bliss? I don't know, and I don't care. There you go. You already answered the question. I hope we don't have that kind of attitude. Don't settle. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for less than God's best. Amen? And God wants you to have his best. And also, don't give up. If something in your life isn't what it used to be, don't give up and forget about the fact of what it ought to be, which is probably even better than how it is used to be. Don't give up. Be stubborn like a mule. You know? There's a story of a farmer who dug a well, but his mule fell into it. He rushed over and peered inside, and much to his surprise, the mule was alive and standing on all fours. Wow, parang cat no? na, nanahulug, still standing on fours. For those that are cat lovers, no, nine lives and many more. Well, he thought, well, it's too expensive to haul him out. This old mule, he's so old, he'll die soon anyway. I'll just bury him. He began to throw in. He began to throw in shovels of dirt. But each time he did, the old mule, who was wise, would shake the dirt off his back and then stamp on that dirt. Stamp on that dirt. So that old farmer didn't know it was like shoveling dirt. Dirt, and what the mule is doing is doing that until he had enough dirt to step up. And eventually, had risen high enough to walk right out and kick the old farmer. <laughs> well, we need to be stubborn as a mule with our vision. That's the story there. And no matter what life throws on us, amen, or what others may heap upon our backs, just shake it off by the grace of God and step up and move forward. Amen? So some have no vision, some have lost their vision, some have limited vision. You know Zig Ziglar? is a good motivational speaker who drew a great crowds and change Uh, a lot of lives, and he charged $30,000 per speech. Wow. He was invited to a convention of businessmen. And I think I have a slider. He used a six-foot blackboard and a piece of chalk for an illustration. And what he did, he drew a dot in the middle, and he asked, what do you see? He asked, a man on the front row, a dot. He proceeded to ask the entire front row what they saw, and they all answered the same. He drew on quite Monotonously and in impatience, each next one asked, would just say the same, a dot. I see what everyone sees. At the end of the back row, after the final answer, the speaker said, Herein lies your problem. Each of you sees the same little dot. And not one of you sees the six-feet blackboard waiting for so much more to be written upon it. And that's my speech for $30,000. But no, you know, if they got the message, it was worth it. Because they did not see the big picture. They just see a small dot. As Christians, when we have the vision from the Lord, we ought to see the bigger picture. The big picture. Our church building is the dot on the chalkboard, chalkboard isn't it? It's just a tool to do the real work. The big picture is people coming to hear the Word of God. The big picture is that young people that comes maybe on the verge of divorce or separation, they might come and get to know the Lord and be saved, and their marriage is restored and saved. A nice youth room and a game room is fine, but the big picture is that teens who was planning on taking his own life, finding new life in Christ and change his mind, or somebody who's disp- depressed or lost, will get a hold of the hope from God's Word. You know? On and on, the big picture in every part of our ministry, whatever we You know, invest in is for people to get to know the Lord and have their lives changed. Paul Harvey said, a blind man is bound by the limits of his touch. An ignorant man is bound by the limits of his knowledge. But a great man is bound only by the limits of his vision. What's your vision for your family, for yourself, for your workplace, for your school, for our church? I believe God is a big God who wants for us to dream big and believe Him for big things, for our church, our families, etc. So some have no vision, have lost their vision, have limited vision, finally, amen? Last. they are people with 2020 vision. I wish I had it. A clear vision of how things ought to be, and their vision calls them to action. You see? The drive of vision is to propel people, isn't it? But, the diversity of vision is to propel people, I should say. It drives them to do more than others, to work while others rest, and to accomplish great things to the glory of God. A perfect picture, it provides power, it propels people. Like Nehemiah, he said, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. What a vision from a man of like God, from a leader. When he saw beyond those ruins and he saw what it ought to be. And he did so, and it was a reality. Amen? Because God gave him the wisdom, the strength, everything he needed to complete that project. So I hope and pray something in our lives this week will be able to catch that vision from God to make a difference. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the simple lesson that we have. This uh, definition of vision, a perfect picture, the drive of vision, and also the diversity of vision. Thank you, Lord, that when we don't have vision, we are reminded that we might perish. And thank you for the vision of Jesus for the cross. He did not turn his back In spite of the mockery, the pain and agony, even in the garden when he was praying, Let this cup pass from me, that suffering, but not my will, but thine be done, Lord. There already the victory was won. And he set his mind as a stone and going to that cruel, cruel path toward that place called Golgotha. So one day we can have salvation. So one day we can have a relationship with our Creator. So one day we can be forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for people who had vision in this church. That's why we are here. They step out of faith. They sacrifice a lot. Remember our pastor. Remember for his life, for his testimony. He's willing to sacrifice. We remember our members, church members, who were here before or who moved on to a different place. Or who are still here even right now yes we can rejoice with them with what they've done in the past but I thank you Lord there are still some of them that are here with us in the present who still continues this vision from our dear beloved pastor and may we continue it Lord to continue to preach the gospel in this place to continue to be a blessing to missionaries to continue to to train our children. Even though we're not perfect, we fall short in many things, but may they see that we love you, Lord. We love the Bible. This is the only thing that will protect us, will give us joy and security in these hard times, trying times. In the days of uncertainties, thank you, Lord, that we are a Bible-believing Christian. This is our hope. This is our refuge. This is our strength. The Holy Word of God. And you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this assurance. Thank you for the wonderful message we heard this morning. That our salvation is so great. You revealed it to us. You reassured us of what it is. And it's rich. rich Riches even us, Lord. Lord, we are so much to be thankful for. Help us, Lord, to have vision that comes from you. May you give us wisdom as leaders of the church, as deacons and officers, and every member. May we have a vision to our own lives to continue to know you and make you known, to serve you. It's a great privilege. We may have a vision for our own family. We'll bring our families together in praying to you and serving you and trusting you, even our church and even our community Lord we pray now Lord that if there's anybody in this room who's not saved God is not willing that they should perish but they will come into salvation and repentance so if you're here today why not trust Christ as your savior just call upon him to save you and he will save you today for Christians here whatever you're praying unto the Lord right now give it unto him You have aspirations for other people in your Christian life, in your own life. As long as it's glorifying to God, as long as you do it by faith, you want to place the Lord with it, I know that the Lord will help you fulfill that. Father in heaven, I pray now as your people pray that you bless them, Lord. Bless their heart's desire. Thank you, Lord, for people who had a vision for this church from the past even right now in the present. Help us, Lord, to fulfill it according to your will. May our children, may our younger generation, Lord, also catch that. That living for Jesus is the best kind of life. Serving you is the best kind of life. Whatever the devil, the world, and the old flesh will throw at us, we pray, Lord, that we will keep on, keeping on, serving you until we hear that great trumpet sound. Strengthen us, O Father, solidify our faith. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the word of God.